What's up, you guys? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and we are doing a flashback compilation episode where I'm going to bring back episode 151, 157, 149, and 153. And the reason why I wanted to bring these back into rotation, because one, I kind of wanted to touch on, you know, some binge-like or emotional eating disorders because if you've been following my work for a while um, you know in the past I've dealt with this and I wanted to bring this back to you know back to the light because I think a lot of people out there have been struggling with this especially now with COVID and also bring up the topic of just taking diet breaks and also looking at you know Food being more than just something you need to cut out, kind of the bigger picture stuff. And the other two topics I wanted to bring up in this compilation episode is this concept of falling off the wagon because so many of us, especially the last two years, you know, you begin to find your rhythm and then something is thrown at you because of COVID and everything kind of falls apart. So I wanted to bring this episode back up because it's so relevant right now with what we're going through. And lastly, the episode that I'm going to finish off with is the power of consistency. And time and time again, this is the one thing that's always helped me through anything in my life. And consistency, consistency, man, I can't speak, um, is what's going to help you get through these kind of tough times or anytime life throws you curveballs, knowing that, you know, if you just do a little bit of something consistently over a span of a long time, you will see success. So I'm really excited about these four episodes. So without further ado, here's episode 151, 157, 149, and 153. Here we go. Yeah, so let's get this episode started because I want to keep it nice and short and sweet, just like all my solo episodes. And there's a couple things I want to go over. And the first one is pretty close to my heart. Um, and it's eating disorders. Because if you've been listening to my show for a while, you know I've been dealing with, you know, disordered binge eating. And, you know, recently, I would say in the last year, it's been getting better. But there's still tendencies where um, it pops up and I can't control myself. But, you know, rather than just speaking from experience, I want to give some actionable steps for people to, you know, maybe not beat it, but at least have some more control over it. And I'm going to go and dive in into emotional eating. And I think a lot of people fall victim to this because food is so ready available to us on a daily basis like you can have a bad day at work and come home and you'll have bottles of wine you'll have some beer in the fridge you'll have chips available you'll have baked goods you'll have whatever at your disposal and it's very very difficult to step away from that and you know to kind of troubleshoot any kind of emotional eating I always start with you know what's the source what is the source of the reason why you want to emotional eat is it work stress is it relationship stress is it kid stress 
so that would be my first suggestion is like sit down and really think about it you know I was having this conversation earlier with somebody where when it comes to fitness and health I don't think anybody actually sits down and thinks about it and asks themselves am I ready Am I ready to change? Am I emotionally ready? Am I physically ready? Am I mentally ready? All of those questions matter. A lot of people, when it comes to fitness and health, they're like, oh, you know what? I need to lose some weight. I need to start eating healthy. And they just go do it. But they don't really have a plan in place. And they don't really know what's going inside their head and heart to actually be successful in it. You know, if I had to make an analogy, is like, say if you wanted to... I don't know, you were a part of a play, and rather than memorizing your script and lines, you just like, okay, opening night, I'm just going to go for it, right? Like, there's parts of that process where you actually need to sit down, figure out what your character is in the play, try to connect to that character, and then let it come out of you, right? There's a whole process, and just like fitness and health, and even with disordered eating, there's a process you need to evaluate, you need to audit, you need to assess what's going on inside you before you can actually do anything about it. And I've done this with some of my online clients who deal with this kind of stuff. And a lot of times it just stems from a deep, deep stress in their life that they have no control over. And the only way to get rid of it is literally like quitting their job. So you have to pick your battles. And I'm not saying like, anyone listening go quit your job but understand that you know maybe doing what you're doing at wherever everyone's situation is different but it's going to be really difficult for you to get over emotional eating if that stress continues you just have to find ways to de-stress or take a second to collect yourself so my first step with anybody um, dealing with, you know, disordered eating, emotional eating is literally sit down and do a self-evaluation. What's going on in your life right now? What are your top three stressors? And then look at those top three and see if there's any way to limit that stress, right? And I find that a lot of people who emotionally eat or have a dependency on food to be to make themselves feel better they will carry around, you know, unhealthy snacks with them or stash them at work just to get through the day. And, you know, there's a fine line. Like, you can definitely enjoy those things, but if you're using them to get through the day, that's where it gets into, you know, the danger zone, as I call it. Now, simply writing a sticky note on your O. Henry bar in your drawer at work is all it takes to give yourself a second to evaluate the situation. And I've said it on my show a couple times where it's like literally right on the sticky note, like, stop, you damn motherfucker or something. Like, a swear word that will catch your attention because swear words cuts through, like, your regular day. Like, if you hear someone swear, for example, you get their, you get their attention right away. Because you're like, oh shit, like what's going on? If you write a swear word on that sticky note on that chocolate bar, the bag of chips at work, it will get your attention. That's why I always use a swear word in um, this example. And when I do public speakings, because 
you know, after 15 minutes of me blabbing, people start looking outside in the window. They're like, oh, is that a pigeon? And then if I say a swear word, they're like, oh, whoa, what's going on? Um, and you just need that brief second for you to be like, whoa, what am I doing? And, you know, maybe you'll be like, you know what? I actually don't need that chocolate bar. I don't need that bag of chips. And then you can go on with your day. Um, sometimes it's not that easy. Like, I've been dealing with a online client that drinks a lot of wine, like a lot of freaking wine. And rather than just saying, I need you to stop completely, you start asking questions like, what, what's the good thing about you drinking a bottle of wine every day? And then they'll start listing their reasons. And then I would ask them, you know, what would be so bad if you limited your intake of wine? And then they start thinking about it. And maybe you almost have to lead yourself or lead the client to the answer and solution. It's funny how that kind of works. It's like, I can tell you what to do, but you won't listen. You need, as an individual, to get there on your own, and maybe I'm just the one guiding you in that direction a little bit quicker. Because you, you can go back down to the basic, basic principle, you know, parenting your child, saying, hey, don't touch the hot oven. They're going to touch the hot oven, no matter what. It seems silly, but that's what happens. If I tell you, stop eating like shit, sure, maybe it'll happen for a little while, but after a while, you're, gonna, you're just going to go back to your old ways. So, to kind of summarize that, like, really sit down and evaluate what's going on in your life and see if you can de-stress those stressors causing you to emotionally eat. And, you know, maybe you're not even self-aware that this is happening. Like, maybe you don't even know what your stressor is, and maybe it's something else. So this is the stuff that really matters. You, you honestly have to just take some time to evaluate your life. It's not just as simple as switching a switch on and you're like, okay, I'm not going to emotionally eat anymore. And it takes time. Like, look how long, if you've been following the show since the beginning, look how long I've been talking about my binge eating. Like, this show's almost two years old and I still deal with it. It's a little bit more under control than before, but I still have a lot of work ahead of me. And if you can, just like fitness and weight loss, get you know through your head that it's not an eight-week thing, 10-week thing, it's a lifelong kind of journey, then you will be successful at it. Now, the other thing I want to move on to is taking breaks because I find that a lot of times when I get online clients about nutrition, they are so motivated, passion, like passion-driven to get to their goal of whatever what their weight loss number is, which is great. But then they almost start taking on too much too fast. And I've seen this happen so many times with clients where they just want more and they want more. And they start cutting things out of their life to a point where they're like, fuck it, I can't do it anymore. And they go back to their old ways. Slower is always better. Think about it this way. If I gave you a new dance routine, you wouldn't want to learn it as quick as possible, like with all the movements. You'd want to break down each movement slowly to learn it so then when you do it faster and perform it, it's like second nature. It's just part of your body. Your body already knows how to do it. And it's the same thing with nutrition and like eating. Like If you take on too much too fast and you're trying to do 
everything perfect because you want to get to your goal quicker than you've done before, you will fail at the end of the day because you can only do so much before you're like, fuck it, like I can't, you know, always track all my grams of protein that I can't, you know, wake up early to get my workouts in, like slowly integrate it into your life and you will be successful and take breaks. Like there's nothing wrong with taking a little like, like a week off from tracking stuff from even like taking a day off from the gym it's not going to cause harm like nobody got super fit from one workout no one got super lean from eating one salad if you go off i call it like a diet break or an exercise break that's okay you almost need it for yourself like think about professional athletes where they've been prepping their like olympic athletes prepping for four years for that one shot at the gold for example and they took four years of dedication time diet exercise sleep recovery all that stuff and then when they get to the olympics they compete whatever they take a break after because they need it can you imagine if they're like okay next olympics is four years i'm going to do that again they're going to get burnt out you can get burnt out from fitness and health right you need to look at it a little bit differently and you know if you can start enjoying life where you don't feel like you're dieting you don't feel like you have to go to the gym it's more of an enjoyable experience then you will be successful taking breaks is important and celebrate the small milestones like with all my online clients i always tell them that we're going to track every single habit you do and you know, say you've done, I don't know, say your habit was to drink two glasses of water a day because you don't drink any water, and you did it two weeks in a row where you drank water, celebrate that win. Go get a massage done. Go to the beach and walk with your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, dog, by yourself. Get an ice cream cone. I don't fucking care. Celebrate those small wins. That's important. If you just constantly look at nutrition and health and fitness as just like a chore, you're never going to enjoy it. You're never going to see the result you want. It should be something that you enjoy. And it doesn't mean that you have to be lifting weights in the gym every single day. Maybe you do that once and then you go cycling the other day. You go swimming the other day. You go hiking. You go walking. You go running. You, some, this movement in general will get you where you want. Hopefully that got to somebody hopefully that helps somebody and the coaches out there that maybe already say all this stuff to their clients maybe i said something a little bit differently maybe i approached the situation a little bit differently now you can like spit that to your clients hopefully that's going to help but as long as i can get to one person and this kind of you know gets them over that hunch that rut that like oh i have no motivation hopefully this did help um, I'm gonna leave it off of that. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Is a lot of you have been adding me on Facebook and Instagram, which is awesome, and I've been reaching out to each and one of you and asking, you know, what's up? How did you find me? Was it my podcast? Which episodes were most helpful? And I've been getting a lot of ideas 
of where I want to do these solo episodes. And what's interesting, and I was talking to another coach about this, is that you know every time I sit down to do these solo episodes, I'm like, oh, what am I going to talk about? Like I feel like I've already covered everything. And I always get the same request to focus on the basics. And, you know, that I'm a huge advocate and promoting that everybody should focus on the fundamentals first and then look at things like, oh, I want to try intermittent fasting. I want to try the paleo diet, the ketogenic diet, and all that fancy stuff. Like, I look at that as black belt stuff. Focus on the white belt stuff first, get used to it, make that part of your lifestyle, and then, like, by all means, go try some crazy diet and see how it works for your body. But... Before I get ahead of myself, I got to do some shout outs because I almost forgot. Um, the number one new city listening to my show is Austin, Texas. Hello, everyone from Texas. Number two is Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello, everyone in Vegas. And number three, which I'm super pumped about, is Vancouver, Canada. Hello, every single Canadian out there listening to my show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to my show. Now, I want to get into the actual show about, (laughs) you probably heard that was my dog howling into the day because she wants to go outside, Um, the basics. So I always try to figure out ways to make the basics as simple as possible for my clients. And one of them is like, you know, being prepared and meal planning. And, you know, if you go on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and search up meal planning, you're going to see like Tupperware containers full of chicken and broccoli and vegetables and blah, blah, blah. And you kind of get overwhelmed with the idea of like, shit, I need to go to Walmart or Costco and buy a huge, huge container of Tupperware to be able to live the lifestyle that I want to have. Now, you know, a lot of people are successful doing that, but, you know, going from zero to a hundred is not going to fix your issues. You know, if you want to go down the route of Tupperware and being prepared, I would break that down and reverse engineer that whole concept, right? Like those people that you see online doing that, they've been doing it for a long time. Their life revolves around their Tupperware container. And if you are brand new and you try to do that, you're going to fail and fall on your face really fast you know maybe one or two days will go well and then you realize oh shit I have a meeting at 10 a.m. I'm supposed to eat at that time I can't bring my Tupperware container into that meeting so I'm fucked so so what I often do for my online nutrition clients is you know I kind of lead them to what they want to focus on next and I always ask the question like okay everything's going well what do you think you'd want to work on next that's you know doable and they'll suggest something and it's usually way beyond what their skill set is so I break it down to such a small little mundane task that when I you know tell them to do that they're like oh that's okay yeah sure I can do that so with this Tupperware um, example is I would tell my client if they said hey I want to start meal prepping where every meal is in a Tupperware container and I'm set for the day great Let's just do one meal, and it can be any single meal. And when you do that, it almost seems 
kind of stupid when coming from the coach. You're like, really? You're not going to challenge me? It's like, no, I want to set you up for success. So let's try that. See what happens. What happens during your day? Did it work the first day? Did it work the second day? Did something happen at work? Like, we got to work out all the kinks. Like, I look at it as... You know, when Apple releases new software, I'm pretty sure they go through a beta test to see what happens when they upload it to their phones. What apps work? What apps don't work? Does the phone shut off all the time? Let's work out the kinks before we release it to everybody, right? That's how I look at it. So we can do the same thing with nutrition. If you want to, you know, achieve this next thing, this next goal, this next habit, let's break it down so small to see what happens with if there's a good chain reaction in your life. Because going from no meal prep to every single meal's planned by the hour, then you're kind of screwed. Um, and, you know, someone reached out to me and asked about, like, you know, meal prep ideas. And honestly, I'm really, really simple, but I like stacking foods. And I think I've said this before on my show where, you know, protein is a huge, huge, huge thing for me, and I always advocate it to my clients, and the best way to do it is stacking it. So, you know, grabbing your Greek yogurt, for example, and the one that I use is from Costco. Like, it's funny when I have my online clients asking me what I eat, and they're like, oh, my God, I eat the same thing you do. It's like, yeah, it's I don't eat anything differently than everyday people. Just because I'm a coach doesn't mean I'm not like you. So I'll go with a cup of Greek yogurt. I'll throw in a scoop of protein powder. I'll throw in three tablespoons of hemp hearts. I'll throw in a tablespoon of chia seeds. And then I'll throw in some fruit like blueberries. And when you add that all together, the protein content comes to like 50 to 60 grams of protein. And for most people who just eat day-to-day that don't track anything, they're probably maybe consuming 10 to 20 grams of protein and they wonder why they're not losing weight but if you look at it this way and start stacking foods you're gonna get to your goal really quickly and that's another thing that I like to bring up is you know a lot of people are worried about calorie counting and you know I I'm torn about it, like I like using it, but at the same time it's a double-edged sword because sometimes people get so obsessive about it. They start weighing every single piece of food and if something doesn't fit their calories, they can't eat it and they get super stressed and a whole shitstorm happens. But I do like getting people to count their calories to see what they're doing on a daily basis. So in the beginning, sometimes I'll ask, you know, for the next couple days, I want you to track and see where you're at. And a lot of times what happens is people under eat protein all the freaking time. This is why I harp on this all the freaking time with all my clients is just whatever you're eating for protein right now, just freaking double it. I don't care how, just do it. The second thing is that they're either overeating in calories or undereating in calories. And then when they see it like in front of them with the data, they're like, oh shit. And then they start thinking, like the wheels start turning in their brains that, okay, what can I change? And all they had to do was just track a couple, you know, meals. And that almost gave them the motivation to, you know, get there, do that little extra step. It doesn't take that much time. Um, The other thing when it comes to like meal prep is like, 
I enjoy cooking in bulk. Like I can literally eat the same thing every single day for a month straight. Whereas my wife, she would kill me if we lived our life that way. And, um, you know, a simple strategy is, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you pick three different types of protein, whether it be pork, beef, chicken, turkey, whatever it is, and, you know, freeze half of it and cook the other half in three different batches. And there's so many different combinations you can find. Like, it's really funny when clients are like, oh, what recipes should I follow? And they think, like, I have this, like, long list of recipes stored away in my computer that I use all the time. But it's like, no, if they want a recipe, I'll literally go onto my laptop and type in top 10 healthy chicken recipes. Boom, done. All the macros are counted for you. You have different options. They have, like, gluten-free options, vegan options, whatever it is. It's amazing what you can find on Google. And then I just copy that link and send it to them. They're like, oh, my God, this is so helpful. It's like it's all the little things that you can do that add up to big return. But I don't think people understand that until it's placed right in front of them. You know, it's like for all the parents out there with your, like, technology, when you're trying to figure out something and you just give your phone to your kid and they show you in, like, a second and you're like, holy shit, how have I been living my life this way, right? It's the small little things that just present themselves that are actually really easy. They don't take a lot of time. And you start doing that every single day and they add up into the end that, you know, hey, it's been two months and I dropped three pounds. They have not come back on. That's the important part. A lot of people think this whole weight loss thing has to be some big drastic change that messes up your entire ecosystem of a life. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, I've seen it so many times where people lose a lot of weight really quickly. They're super, like, pumped about it. They're happy. And then things are falling apart. Things don't feel the way they used to be. You constantly want to binge on foods. You don't know how to control your emotions. And, you know, you you maybe gain some weight back. You're depressed about that. You spiral out of control. Like, this shit happens. Like, it's better to take the long road, keep the weight off, and stay happy the rest of your life rather than, boom, in the next two months, I want to lose 60 pounds and I don't care what I have to go through. If I have to deal with shit, I'm going to go do it. But that doesn't teach you any like lifelong skills. So the moral of this whole story in this episode is to really think about weight loss. And I've said this so many times. Is focus on the fundamentals. Focus on the basics. Take the long road rather than the short road. Because everything in our life is fast right now. You know, go on Amazon right now, buy a book. It's in your in your hands literally at the end of the day if you order in the morning. Weight loss is not the same. Like, you're changing. The food especially is not just, you know, in order for us to gain or lose weight. It's attached to so many other things. Mentally, spiritually, emotionally is a huge one. And people don't think about these kind of things. Like, imagine if you were at... A dinner party and you're trying to lose weight and you have all these people friends and family around you you don't think that all the food there wasn't you know cooked with soul and heart 
for you to enjoy and then you sit down and you're like oh I can't have that because I'm on this diet like there's so much more to food than just weight loss there's so many things attached to it and I think people tend to forget this and that's why it's so difficult for people to be successful at this there's so much more to it so you know give yourself some grace don't be too hard on yourself and be patient like patience is such a great tool for everything in life but in our day and age it it presents a lot of obstacles for us and like for anyone who's struggling right now like I really really hope you're listening to this because whatever you're doing right now it might not seem like it's getting you anywhere but it will in the long run if you give yourself the mindset shift of I don't want to lose weight and be like super fit and thin by three months from now, but two years from now. That's what you need to focus on. Having the patience to do a goal in two years is going to get you way, way further in life, not just how you look, but how you put yourself together in life and how you treat others and how you treat yourself. So I'm going to leave it at that. Now. What I want to get into is the topic of falling off the wagon. Now, the reason why I want to bring this up is it's more common than you think. I feel that when it comes to fitness, weight loss, or really anything in life, you are going to fall off the theoretical wagon once, twice, three times, maybe even seven times. And I've seen this over and over again in my training career with clients. I probably mentioned it before on some of my episodes, but it doesn't shock me when I have a brand new client start, they're doing great, and then after, say, a year, for example, training with me, out of nowhere, they start you know, missing sessions, they start coming in late, they're always trying to reschedule, and then it becomes a habit to them to start, you know, to stop altogether. Because the moment you fall out of the habit of going to the gym and like making healthy food and making better choices, you fall right back into your old ways so quick, quicker than you even realize. And, you know, it's really, really difficult. Like I still haven't found a way to reach out to those clients and like kind of draw them back in because I'm not worried about, oh my God, like this client um, is stopped training with me. So now I'm down this much uh, money per month. No, I don't think that way. I think about it as, holy shit, this client stopped training. I'm really concerned about their health because a lot of times You know, I don't just get clients that are, you know, just 10 pounds away from their goal weight. They're coming to me in pain. They're coming to me with health issues like diabetes. They have high blood pressure. And in my head, I'm like, holy shit, their quality of life is going to fall apart. And how are these individuals going to go day by day without feeling horrible, feeling like shit, feeling so defeated when you walk up a flight of stairs and you're out of breath you can't chase after your kids you can't chase after your grandkids like this is the stuff i think about and 
if I had to categorize some situations where people kind of, you know, ghost me, um, there's, there's this couple things that happen. One, life gets so freaking busy and you can't pride, prioritize um, the gym or just your health in general. And you end up falling back into your old routine where, you know, you're not sleeping as much as you should. You're not preparing foods. You're going out to eat. And it becomes your norm. And there's no turning back. There's that situation. Then there's another situation where you've been super consistent. You've had a dramatic change in your life where... You maybe lost 40, 60, 80 pounds. You're doing everything right. And then something happens that turns your environment upside down and everything stops. I've seen this happen with clients a lot. And, you know, a typical scenario is there's a high school reunion you want to make sure you look great in front of every in front of everyone there's a wedding coming up and you're super gung-ho to make sure you fit into that dress you fit into that suit you look amazing so you will do everything in your power in order to be successful you go from eating like shit every day to eating lean protein and veggies drinking only water working out 7 days a week you're doing you do a whole 180 turn and yeah, that's great, but I'm actually more worried about a client that does that because I know down the road we're going to hit some huge obstacles to face. So I've seen this happen a lot. People will prep for their wedding, prep for that reunion, prep for whatever. They switch everything in their life and their whole world just revolves around fitness and health. They can end up doing that for three, six months, but when the day comes, they finally feel that, you know, breath, finally, that, that they can finally kind of relax. Like that feeling that you were, you know, swimming in the ocean, you've been holding your breath for so long, you finally come up and take that initial breath and you're like, okay, I'm good. So that happens. And then the event passes and you're like, oh, I don't have to do anything. And you subconsciously go back to what you were before. And all that progress disappears. And then you hit a wall or realization that you're like, holy fuck, what just happened to me? I used to be a completely different person. And what the hell happened? You like start stepping on the scale and you see that the weight has crept back up, your clothes don't fit anymore, and now you feel defeated. Now you don't have any motivation. You're like, what the hell happened? How could I get to this point? I was doing so well. This situation where people do that 180 turn end up, like I said before, having a lot more issues down the road. And it's very similar to me, for those who've been following my show for a while, where when I lost my 60 pounds initially, that's what I was doing. I was working out seven days a week, sometimes even twice a day. So I was like 14 hours of physical activity per week, eating super, super squeaky clean. And now it's been better, but I still deal with binge eating. Because the moment I allow myself to have something that I'm not supposed to, I will go gung-ho on that shit 
and eat an entire box of pizza and down six beers and eat half a cheesecake no problem feel like shit about myself and I'm like hey what the hell I'm just very fortunate I never fell into never going back to the gym going back to eating like crap I was able to get through that it's most likely because my life revolves around the fitness industry whereas other people where they have a job as an accountant they have three kids that's what their life revolves around and not fitness you know like those people that switch over to changing their life as quick as possible because they're doing all the right things only that can only last for so long before work is like piling up and you're like oh shit I need to focus on that your kids have their summer break and you're like oh shit I have to figure out what I need to do with these three kids during the summer when they have no school and now that fitness and health priority drops down to no priority whatsoever this happens a lot like a lot you'd be really surprised that's why I always advocate when people are trying to make fitness and health a priority is to take baby steps I'd rather you focus on one small thing that's going to get you further into your fitness and health journey than focusing on like 30 different things and trying to master them and with all that list it's going to take a big chunk of your time implement it slowly so it becomes part of your life and it doesn't affect you negatively in the long run the other situation of falling off the wagon is um, something that disrupts your environment so much, like a death in the family, a new kid on the way, um, changing jobs, like something really significant like that. And I remember one of my clients that was super consistent came in with me three days a week. He was my 6 a.m. time slot and... You know, he was consistent for like three years. He was like, I had no doubt in my mind, like fitness and health is part of his life. Like he would go run on weekends. He would go on bike rides. Him and his wife would do stuff together all the time. I'm like, yeah, I have no worry in the world. And then one day I came in Monday, 6 a.m. and he wasn't there. And I'm like, hey, that's so weird. He never misses. Then Wednesday came around. Still, he didn't show up, and I emailed him, called him, like, no answer. And then a couple weeks go by, still nothing. A couple months go by, still nothing. After one year, he finally emails me back and says, Hey, sorry it's been this long, but my father passed away. And I'm like, holy fuck, like... I should have like I should have known. I, I should have like put two and two together. I'm like something drastic happened in this person's life. So his death of his father flipped his life upside down and he couldn't hold on to something that was really important, like fitness and health. And you know, first of all, that's okay, right? Like there's people like when people have someone close to them leave this earth everyone deals with it differently you know I'm not gonna say well this person should have you know at least went to the gym one day a week like no I'm not an asshole I get it you know it's just I think down the road you just have to be self aware enough that you know if a drastic life change like that happens 
you need to, like, part of your recovery to get over that loss is to figure out how are you going to implement yourself back to normal life. Because I know for a fact that not only fitness and health was affected, but other parts of your life too. Maybe because of the loss of someone close to you, you've been a completely different person to your spouse. You've been taking out all the anger and sadness out on them and not actually giving them a chance to be with their spouse like it used to be. So maybe you actually have to be self-aware enough and be like, holy shit, the last three months I've been like a complete dick to everybody. I need to rekindle those relationships. You know, like a lot of people put um, themselves in blame that, someone close to them died and they're taking it out on everybody else and sometimes they never come back from that so in this example you know say your environment erupts completely be at least self-aware that you need to implement a plan how to get back to your normal life because you know life goes on like you need to be able to move on for sure there's a time period where you will take some time to yourself to figure out what's going on and move on. But being self-aware enough to realize that is the biggest challenge. Now that client of mine didn't eventually come back and he was super embarrassed about the situation. I'm like, no, dude, like this is a big deal. That's okay. You know, did it take longer than the average person? Maybe. It's just one of those things that you need to be prepared for. And you need to also know it's okay. This this whole like idea of fitness and weight loss, everyone looks at it like it has to be perfect. Like if you don't go to the gym every single day and eat healthy every single day, then it's worthless. It's like, no, it's small little things. Like if you were to learn a new skill that you wanted to, like, fuck, I don't know, like you wanted to take helicopter lessons, the idea of you getting into a helicopter every single day to practice and if you missed one day and you told yourself oh fuck it I'm not gonna learn how to you know fly a helicopter now seems stupid and silly right it's the same thing for fitness and weight loss just because you had a couple bad days a couple bad months a bad year does not mean you're a failure that's part of the journey you need to fail like my story before I lost all my weight, I tried multiple times to lose weight and I fell on my face so fucking hard that I wanted to quit so bad and just say, fuck it, this is stupid, I don't want to do it anymore. But there's something inside of me that drove me to that point where I was finally successful and that success tasted even better because I failed at it a couple times before I got there. So falling off the wagon towards success is what's actually needed and it's okay so anytime you screw up that's okay and for all the coaches listening if your client is always down and feels like they're not progressing find small things to remind them that they're doing great the fact that they're telling you that they don't feel like they're progressing anywhere means they're still showing up to your sessions. They're still showing up to your online Skype calls or emails. That means they're still motivated. They're still in it. They're still wanting to improve. That doesn't mean they failed. It's just how you structure things and 
put them forth in front of you to see how it ends up near the end. Now, a lot of people that of going through like ruts or their environment changes just know that that's part of life like nothing can be perfect there's never a perfect situation you might have perfect days but there's never going to be a perfect week month year decade there's always going to be room for error and the moment you can get through that idea you will win at the end the clients that I've trained over the years, I will never give up on them. Right now, I have a client that hasn't trained with me for almost two years, and I still email them to check in, see how they're doing, to make sure that, you know, who knows, that, that a year from now, my one email will be like, okay, I need to get back into it. That could be it. So all the people listening, don't give up. If you've fallen off the wagon a few times, that's okay it's part of the journey and you will be successful if you just keep trying all the coaches out there please please don't give up on your clients don't tell them or tell yourself that they're lazy this shit is fucking hard like people don't understand how difficult weight loss really is like it's not just a thing you do like university is easier than weight loss I would argue that getting your PhD is easier than weight loss. Think about that. Becoming a millionaire is probably easier than weight loss. Look at so many of the CEOs and business owners that make millions of dollars are overweight, obese, and then they hit a point where they're like, holy fuck, I need to get my health in order. Think about that. Weight loss and fitness is one of the hardest things in life and the moment you understand that that failure is just part of it then like all bets are off the table you are going to run with this thing and you will be successful hopefully this episode helped um as you can tell when i get into it i just start rambling on and i get so emotional about it But this is something really dear to my heart, so hopefully this helped at least one person. So to begin, I want to talk about something that a lot of my clients go through when they get started with their fitness and health journey, and it's going too fast in the very beginning. And this happens to everybody. And I try to to tackle this thing right off the bat because I've seen it happen over and over again where people have all this motivation all this like passion to get their health in order and out of nowhere they crash and burn so an example of this is you know i've actually you know what i will tell you a story of one client that signed up with me i remember his consultation He was super pumped to start training and start getting his eating in order and just straight up like halfway through my consultation, like he just told me straight up, I want to train with you five days a week. And I was like, oh, sweet. But in my head, I'm like, okay, well, sure, he's going to pay a lot of money for that. But is that in the best interest of this person? 
So I asked him, okay, well, when was the last time you trained five days a week? And he's like, oh, I've never done that before. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe we start with one day a week and make that, you know, a habit. Make that a, like a weekly thing that's part of your life and then start adding more. And he was almost, like, confused and he was just like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, you know, five days a week is great and you can build up to it, but, you know, it's just like anything else. Like, if you wanted to, I don't know, start race car driving if you started going five days a week from the very beginning, you're probably going to be way too sore. You're going to be tired of sitting in that posture all the time, and you're just not going to feel that great, and your motivation is going to you know, sink pretty fast. Whereas if you went once a week to the racetrack and to a sports car, it'll be like exciting. You'll look forward to it, and yeah, you'll get a little sore, but you'll recover, and then you're going to want to go back. And I think that's the important thing about fitness and health is you want to do it. It's not a chore, or at least it's something that, you know, you kind of look forward to. But this also comes down to the coaching side that, you know, if training and working out is not a fun thing for you, your coach should kind of bridge that gap where you're like, okay, yeah, I don't really like to exercise, but, you know, because my coach is there, I'm going to go. And actually, that brings me to another story. I have a client right now where every summer, it's really difficult for her to stay consistent. And I've been training her for four years, and summer has always been the worst time because she has a place out of the city about four hours away, and it's kind of like her vacation spot with her husband. And, you know, when you change your environment, like all bets are off, you know, she's drinking every day, um, she'll eat whatever she wants, and then when she comes back into town, the idea of going back to the gym and going back to a routine is like, oh my god, I don't want to go, and, um, you know, what I've noticed is over the years, like the first year when that happened, she completely took the entire summer off, like we had her session scheduled, and, um, she kept missing them, and she's like, you know what, I'm just going to restart in September. When September came around, I'm like, hey, you know, I have your spot open. Like, what's going on? She's like, oh, you know, I just have to get my stuff together. And she actually started back in November. So it was a prolonged period. Then the next year happened, and I told her, like, hey, you know what, it would be a good goal for you is to, like, just maintain one day a week because she was coming uh, two days a week with me. And, um, you know, it kind of happened. She was kind of sporadic. And then in August, she just stopped training completely. And I'm like, okay, this time, September is going to be your goal. And it actually happened. And then, like, every year, it's been getting a little bit better. And then this year um, has probably been the best, where she's actually been coming during the summer. And, you know, she missed one week. And then when she came back, we started chatting. And she's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, this always happens. And I'm like, you know what? You got to look at the last couple of years you know when we first started together you just completely took off summer completely whereas now you're actually showing up yeah it's kind of hard to get into the gym but you're you're coming in that's a huge huge change and I think a lot of people don't look at the small details when they feel like they're failing and you know if it's not perfect to them they're just like oh my god I'm a failure like there's 
This is there's no point. And you know, I told her like our communication is wide open. Like at any time you feel like, oh, I don't want to go, email me. And that's what she's been doing. So she would actually email me on the days where she has the gym and she'll be like, oh my God, Raph, I don't want to go. Like this is, I just want to stay home. I just want to do nothing. And then I'll email her back with something funny or something motivating or whatever and she'll show up. And then when she gets to the gym, she always tells me, she's like, the hardest part is just starting. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? The moment you get past the warm up, you're good to go. And for me, when I train clients, I'm really engaging in conversation during the hour. So it doesn't really feel like it's a workout session, if that makes sense. Like, I really try to hone in on making it an experience that you enjoy rather than blaring music and just working out. Because for the general population, most of them don't really want to be there. So I try to make the experiences, you know, fun as as possible at the same time giving good coaching and after every session she's always like you know what I'm glad I came and I'm like yeah of course like it's just starting but you know if you have a good environment that I try to create in the gym then you're always going to be successful so going off of that going back to my original point of starting too soon um you want to start off slow. You could have as much motivation and passion and excitement to do something every single day and have all the right intentions, but eventually you're going to hit a wall where you're like, holy shit, I took on too much because it's it's going to overtake your life for a little bit and then out of nowhere, boom. And I've seen it with so many different clients where you know, they can be really successful for it with, you know, say for four months, five months, and then something's going to give. Right? I think you need to evaluate your life if you can actually you know, put away five hours a week to work out, to meal prep, to whatever. You need to start off slow, like with anything. And it kind of blows my mind when people, like clients in general, don't evaluate what's going on in their life and then they take on something. Right? I have another... Um, client that I'm thinking of right now where you know their life is so freaking busy to a point where this client has told me so many times like oh my god I really want to work out more and I know it's good for me and I know my results will come faster if I add like one more day but it's just like I can't find the time and we literally like sat down and audited their time and it's like yeah shit like you have to manage a lot of things in order to be able to even come here today. And then, you know, a couple months go by and now they're wanting to get a puppy. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, yeah, sure, having a pet and everything is great, it's gonna fulfill your life, but do you actually have the time to take care of a small little puppy that's basically like a child to make sure that it doesn't eat everything at your house. It doesn't pee on everything. It's not going to poop on everything. And then you're going to go take it on to walks. And then if you're going to take that extra step, take it to obedience classes, like that's a lot of time. And something else is going to give, right? So my big thing is for clients that are super, super motivated to get their fitness and health in order is evaluate what's going on in your life to be ready for this change. If it's kind of like touch and go, then be realistic with your time. 
sure, five days a week will get to your goal faster, but one day a week going to the gym for the next three years, being consistent at it, is going to get you to your goal a lot faster. And I think a lot of people don't understand the power of consistency. Like, it is huge. And an example is I'm working with one client right now, and I've trained her in the past, and she's recently come back to me because all of her injuries have caught up to her. Like, she is really broken right now, and from the very beginning, I told her, I'm like, we're going to do the minimal amount of work to make sure that you're going to stay consistent. So I told her, one, we're going to do 30-minute sessions one day a week, and a lot of it is just going to be focused on mobility and movement, and we're going to slowly incorporate um, new stuff. So only recently, I gave her like a strength exercise and it was an elevated kettlebell deadlift for one set of eight reps and I followed up with her the next day and her hamstrings were toast like her body just can't take on that much volume without pain so you know we've been training together for three months now and her low back pain's gone and she's been consistent super consistent even during the summer and when she's taken taken a week off and she had to miss her session, she rebooked it the next week, so she came in twice. And we were chatting, and she's like, yeah, I just can't believe how I feel now. You know, and I've been only doing small things. And I'm like, yeah, because you've been consistent at it. Small little changes add up. You don't have to go, you know, balls to the wall, change everything in your life in order to see what you want to achieve. And she's been working directly with a chiropractor that I work with, and... I was talking to her Cairo, and she was just like, yeah, you know, the client's doing really well. Like, what have you been doing? And I started telling her what I've been doing, and she was under the impression that I was doing a full hour with her. And I'm like, no, we're doing 30 minutes. And she was kind of like, holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's the power of consistency. And if you have a well-designed plan, like, it's bulletproof. And I don't think people understand that. Like, I guarantee you, if you are struggling with something right now, and all you did was having whey protein powder and water every single day for the next year, I guarantee you'd probably lose some weight, you'd gain some muscle, and you'd feel better. Boom, done. And the moment you, you, you know, get that first thing under um, your belt and you're successful at it, adding more stuff becomes easier, right? It's just that first initial, like, motion of starting and being consistent the worst thing you can do is taking on too much and then falling apart in the first month two months three months and i've seen it happen all the time and i have another client in mind where he wants to like literally look like the rock he wants to be muscular he wants to get strong he just wants to be a badass which is awesome and he'll go through spurts of being consistent for three months and then disappearing for two. Being consistent for a month, dis- disappearing for one. And he's been doing that for a long time and has never seen the result he wanted. And I'm like, dude, like, just be consistent with one day. I know it doesn't seem like enough, but you will kill it if you're just consistent. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you are starting your journey and you're like, all right, I'm going to do whatever it takes just know that based on my experience with clients that I that are everyday people 
they usually fail. I haven't had one person completely change their entire body and life by doing everything. So you're better off focusing on one thing and slowly building. Like you want to crawl before you start sprinting. And don't underestimate the power of consistency. That is huge. So I'm going to leave it at that. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Remember to share this podcast with all your friends and family. Post it on every single social network. And keep your eye out for the Cut the Shit Get Fit t-shirt that I'm going to be releasing hopefully by next week. And I will post the link everywhere. Post the link in the show notes. And that is it. Reach out to me through email, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you got to do. I'm happy to say hello back or give you some advice or whatever it is. And that is it. Until next week, you guys.